0: The crazy part comes in when the subcontractors, uh, of course, get greedy and they want all the money they want, so they don't play about their money and some of them carry guns in their cars and their trucks.
1: Welcome to the Freedom Chasers podcast, where we bring you interviews and discussions that share the stories, successes, goals, and dreams of real estate agents and real estate investors pursuing a life of purpose and freedom
2: today we are super excited to be with john everwin he is a renaissance man a businessman he's doing things on so many different levels real estate agency real estate investing real estate development this guy is doing it all um we are super pumped to have you here john would love to just kick it off with a story could you tell us one of the craziest real estate transactions or experiences be tenant construction related that you've had to go through so far
0: yeah uh, well first of all thank you matt Thank you, Tim, for having me. Um, it's a privilege to be here. You know, y'all taking uh, y'all time out of y'all day to speak to me on a Friday. Happy Friday, right? Um, so really? my my experience where I started seeing real estate jump off was in 2016. And I remember... Um, being a part of this development it was 88 acres and i really thought i was gonna be an errand boy like i thought i was gonna come on site go to home depot go to lowe's go to united rentals and just be you know the person that gets all the you know the equipment or helps the subcontractors get the equipment unfortunately uh the the gc got sick and so they had me just thrown in the fire. So they had me do a lot of the um, work, you know? So I wasn't just an errand boy, but I was the person that was handing out the checks. I was the one that was speaking to the uh, subcontractors that was speaking with the city to do all the inspections and all the construction work. Now, the crazy part comes in when the subcontractors, uh, of course, get greedy and they want all the money they want. So one, one crazy story I could think of, was a time when one of the subcontractors wanted a certain amount of money and he was crazy you know like he 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 would be the nicest guy but he would just switch like like drop of a dime so pretty much one day he gets really angry and and he's sweating and, and he he rushes to his car and he brings out a gun well of course he doesn't try to shoot nobody but like he just wanted to show how serious he was so Early on, I learned that, you know, in this business, you know, you have realtors, but you also have people that work in construction and they don't play about their money and some of them carry guns in their cars and their trucks. And I thought that was very interesting, you know, not knowing so much about real estate at the time that somebody would go to their vehicle and grab a gun. I mean, not trying to use it, but just, just to show how serious they were about their money
1: wow that's crazy so i want to like unfold the story a little bit so what was your construction experience what was the experience you had prior to being thrown in as a functional gc it sounds like first day on the job almost
0: yeah yeah i had zero experience like i said the only experience i ever had was going to my family's site years ago and helping them clean out trash and clean up the debris, you know, putting it in the in in the big trash can. And that was just about it. But when I got there, like I said, I thought I was gonna be an errand boy. I had just bought a new truck because my car broke down. And I, I was really just starting from scratch. And you know, I just wanted to just help out with the project. And when they threw me in there, it was really on the job training and it was a lot of driving you know, bringing the the water lines. One time I had to bring some water lines, pull on my truck. (laughs) I was really scared the alternator might go out and yeah, just things like that, you know, and then being handed the responsibility to pay the, um, the subcontractors really got me to understand how big the business is and how much thousands of dollars it costs to do developments and bring water lines and sewer lines and things of that nature.
1: This is crazy. I mean, like being a general contractor is no joke. And I mean, if subs are hard enough sometimes to deal with on their own right, but then if they s- smell like a substitute teacher type of thing, where it's like, Hey, this guy's been throwing in, like what kind of access to mentorship did you have during that period? Or was it literally just, you had to go off your gut the whole time?
0: Yeah. So, so because those are subcontractors who was, who was very good at developing, uh, because he was there that I kind of helped me, you know, so pretty much I just watched and, you know, the, the, the person who was sick, you know, I was checking with them and there was so much, you know, chain of command communication, whereby I would just do what I was told, you know, um, I just did exactly that what, what I was told mm-hmm. and, and I was learning about quarter inch rock sand and the importance of that to put in the ground before you lay the pipe, and I learned about the the um, the, the water lines, the sewer lines, the, the manholes, you know, and and just you know the importance of working with the city, the engineers of the city, working with uh, the inspectors, the, the fire hydrants. I mean, <laughs> it was happening all, all at once, and so like for me, it was just making sure that. I do what I was told, and uh, just learning all the, the the different facets of of infrastructure construction. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, this is a really cool story. So, I mean, I love diving even in deeper into it because you get this job. You tell us like you thought you were going to be an errand boy, and all of a sudden you become the general contractor. It's like, what kind of feelings did you experience when all of a sudden you had a role that seemed fairly simple? and the complexity of it compounded by at least 10 X over a very short time frame.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the project started literally, like I have the pictures in my phone, September the 1st, like I can pull it up on my phone and show you of me counting all the water lines and the sewer lines. And for me, the one thing I learned in those four months or thereabout was the problems in construction. There's a lot of problems, you know, like, like those one problem we had where we had to bring the water line of the city, which was about 30 acres away from the land. So we had to connect it. And there was a, um, there was a railroad in between the, the, the two lots where we we'll are bring the water from. I'm not sure if you have to visualize that, but pretty much we had to bring the water lines under the, uh, the railroad tracks, so they had to bore out a hole under the, the 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 railroad. And so those are one of the problems that I saw and made me think like, wow, construction is a beast. I mean, it's not simple being a realtor and, you know, someone find this beautiful home they want, but you're doing a lot of horizontal work, which is under the ground. And so I just remember Speaking with a welding company because they had to, you know, eventually put the casings under the bore because the bore is, is pretty much the, the underground drilling and that had to be done. And that was work. And then once the the people from the welding company brought the the casings, they had to do that. And then you have to put the water lines in between or, or inside the casings that go into the lot. The, the acreage lot that we were doing the infrastructure work on. So moments like that just really made me appreciate the work that goes into development.
1: Love this. And so to dive in this deeper, like the sense I'm getting from you is, is that at that point, you were just like thankful to have a job and yes. excited, <laughs> trying to please the boss, all that kind of stuff, just kind of hanging on for dear life, processing everything. As as things settle a little bit, was it like excitement that you were learning all these things? Was it a fascination that the jobs weren't so simple, but that you had all this variety, or was it just complete overwhelm? Like, how was your experience of this as it started rolling out?
0: My experience was of excitement because for me, it starts all the way back to 2015, a year before. Um, before I got into real estate, one of the things that, that I wanted to do was to be an example, teach people about ownership. You know, people in my community don't have that financial literacy, yeah. that that, uh, that that wealth, that wealth mindset in real estate. So when I started this construction project, in my mind, it was all part of the vision. You know, like no matter how, how rough it gets, no matter how sweet or sour it gets, I'm going to keep going. And so while I was working on this project, I was taking it all in, you know, solving problems, you know, going to the the uh, chemical lab to test the water, you know, and like all those things I was doing really made me appreciate what it takes. And, you know, this is my journey, you know, so for me, it wasn't just about, about having the title, but it was the journey, knowing that I'm going somewhere with this, and that was just the beginning for me. And so that that's how I took it. You know i I was getting paid, <laughs> you know, because mm-hmm. I, I didn't know how much I was going to get paid, but you know the 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 main GC took care of me, you know, for the lodge because the project I was doing was on the outskirts of Dallas Fort Worth. So I couldn't be going back and forth every day. So I was getting large, uh, vouchers and I was being taken care of and I was learning. So they gave me the responsibilities. Like I was the one going on the spreadsheets, making sure that I put all the documentation of, of payments for all the sand. Cause you know, a lot of sand has to come, a lot of quarter inch rocks has to come, you know, and so, so much so much products go into developing and just being handed the information. I mean, I have paperwork probably this high. I still have it all the way back to 2016. Like, you know, just being handed that that responsibility gave me confidence that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And I know that I want to be an example for people that look like me, people that are younger than me, even people that are older than me. You know, like it doesn't matter just as much in as much as you're able to to show people that it can be done it's not it's not easy it's simple but it's not easy mm-hmm. but I, I had fun doing it and i wouldn't uh change it because i feel that that i was put in the situation for a reason and hopefully i can you know continue to be an example and and let people know that look it's possible
1: hmm
2: Yeah, love where you're going here. There's so many different directions I can take this, and it really lines up with a lot of what you want to talk about. Um, One thing in particular um, I would like to get into before we talk about your passion for talking or for helping other people, rather, is it sounds like this job was a real strong foundation for where you are today. Um, Could we bridge the gap a little bit? Like, what happened from that job that got you to where you are now?
0: That's a very good question because there is a, there is a segue. So after that project was finished, literally five minutes away from that 88 acres was a whole subdivision. And the way the subdivision w- uh, was set up, you had the first phase, but then the second phase was just bare land, but they were all divided. And <laughs> if I told you how much each lot cost and what the houses so for now, you probably uh, have your mind blown, but maybe another time. But the point is, the developers who I was working with on the 88 Acres, they bought about 15 of those lots. So mind you, I'm a realtor. You know, it's just that I was blessed enough to start off with the the, the nitty gritty stuff, you know, the the yucky stuff. And like I said, I, I wouldn't trade it. Cause it, it gave me that grit. So pretty much I'm a realtor. And at this time I hadn't done any business as a realtor. I was still wet behind the ears and they said, you know what? We have over 10 lots that we're going to build on and you're going to list them. And I'm like, Hey, cool. Cherry picking. Right? So mm-hmm. I listed about 10, 10 or thereabout uh, homes, but they were just grass and dirt. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, um, uh, I'm listing houses that are not really houses yet. And so I was like, you know what, I'm not working in the 88 acres anymore. How am I going to make any money? Cause at this point I'm, I'm in it, I'm in it to win it. This is all I'm doing. So I was like, you know what, let me help out for some peanuts, you know, like i I was humble enough to know that I don't know anything about building a home. So, um there was one home that was already uh built and I listed that one and that one was sold, but then there was four more after that that were being um worked on. So, they had already done the um the the permits for them. So, I said, "You know what? I will help out." So, literally it went from me helping out to literally the GC never coming to the site and I, and I did everything on the job training. So I built two homes at the same time because they were the same floor plan. And so it was a um, house on, on, on a lot. And then those B lot, a different house. And then those C lot. So it was A and C. So like, I'm using that visually to put that in your heads. That's how I see it. So there was lot A, And then it was B, which wasn't ours, but then it was C. So A and C were the ones I was working on. Same floor plan. Like everything was the same, like to the brick. You know, (laughs) identical. So yeah, I I was the one communicating with the engineers of the city. I was the one communicating with the inspectors. I was the one. I was the one calling the inspections and we were also working with other builders in that subdivision too. So I was able to leverage their expertise, their, their knowledge, and sometimes even use some of their trades. So that those moments really encouraged me like, wow, like it's simple. It's not easy, but I'm literally doing on the job training. I was at this point, I was going there every day. Like they weren't paying me to, to lodge in the area. Like I was going there every day. So that grit kind of gave me an, a big appreciation. Like, wow, I'm here every day. Like, you can't miss a day. Like, there's no days off. And for me, those moments really made me even more grittier because there were a lot of problems to solve there too. And you're dealing with trades. Sometimes trades don't do a good job. They do a shabby job. You have to micromanage. And yeah, just, just these memories are just (laughs) playing in my head right now.
1: So I want to dive into this a little bit. So What's so impressive to me about your story so far is like you think about the mindset you could have had. You were thrown into a position and it quickly evolved. You're unsure about your pay. You're working, it sounds like an insane amount of hours, way above your trained level. Just everything I'm hearing from you just seems like there's such a humility to you. Like that's what I'm experiencing in this conversation. The other thing that you mentioned that I want to dive into is that you had a passion, a thought process surrounding financial literacy. So I want to know, one, how did you get exposed to financial literacy and those concepts? How did that take hold in your in your mindset? And then two, like what frame either when you were younger or how did you develop that sense of humility and grit and all the things like I'm just very impressed with like you as a person. So if you go you on diving into that.
0: Wow, that's a lot to digest there. <laughs> uh and, and thank you Matt for for asking that and uh, acknowledging my my uh my personality. You see for me um I realized that like I mentioned earlier financial literacy is is not something I was taught. You know, I was taught, you know, go to school, study hard, which is very important. Go to school, study hard, be educated. But then there's also that understanding of how the world works, you know, and for people in my community, I learned that we, we are consumers, you know, we're not, you know, the majority of us are, are consumers. And I wanted to move away from consumerism to building wealth, you know, like I come from a background where my faith tells me, you know, I have to be wealthy enough for, for my kids on both my kids, kids and you know, that humility comes from, from, from my spiritual background, you know, knowing that, that, you know, not, not everything is just going to be handed to you. You must work hard, but, you know, you got to work like you didn't pray and pray like you didn't work. Right. And, and just know (laughs) that the only thing that's guaranteed is death. Right. So, um, whatever you got to do, do it now. And, You know, start that journey of 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 being able to know how the world works, knowing that real estate is a good foundation for building wealth, and 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 I learned that, and so um, I was really privileged to learn from people that have 25 years of experience. You know, my family, my folks, that that they. they didn't necessarily just teach me. They injected me. That's the metaphor I will use because, like I said, on the job training, they injected me. They threw me in there, and they trusted me. The fact that they trusted me, and and it got to a point where I was the only one on site. Like, I'll wake up in the morning, get there for 9. I'm not going to lie to you. Sometimes I'll get there for 10, 10, 30. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had to work on that, but there were days where I'll be there from 9 in the morning to 9
1: p.m., and I'll
0: still drive home
1: hour and some change so so what what about so first of all like i love the quote that you gave work i'm gonna try and make sure i get this right work like you didn't pray and pray like you didn't work yeah like that's (laughs) phenomenal like 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 just the the message of that right pray like crazy and work like crazy essentially Yeah. so like it sounds like that was something that was instilled in you from a young age, the work ethic and so on and so forth. Is that what kept you together when you're working these 12 plus hour days?
0: Absolutely. And just knowing that things had to be done. Like, are you going to give up? You know, like I remember one time <laughs> um, some some uh, construction cleanup guy moved the, the the concrete that was cut from the, the opening of the driveway. And, you know, concrete has the rebar. So they moved that to a construction site that we were going to build on. So it was like, okay, if we're going to build on this, we need to clean it up. So how do you move concrete that has rebar on it? You have to slice it up and then grab it away. So moments like that made me realize that you have to be a problem solver. And sometimes things will come up. And I've had moments where, when I was alone, I'll be so frustrated and I'll grab something. And of course I won't break any construction, but I would just throw on the ground and, you know, just those moments, you know, I look back and I'm like, wow, you know, it was not easy. You know, it wasn't a, you know, a walk in a park, you know? And I remember those times where I couldn't just call a plumber to do a tiny work, I had to figure it out, you know, I had to, you know, get in the grass sometimes and clean up some things. You know, we did have red tags. You know, of course, you need to get all green tags to, to complete the construction, but there were red tags. And what do you do? Like, you have to keep, you know, push and keep plugging. And, you know, just learning how to, to grab the bull by both horns and not have to rely on the trade to do every little thing. There are those nitpick things that you have to get on yourself. So I remember one time, there was a, a a valve that broke, you know, that goes to the city, uh, the, the water, the, the water valve that the city, you know, shuts off if anything would happen or if a plumber needs to do some work. So pretty much the thing broke off and I'm like, I can't call a plumber and, and the plumber charges like $200, $300 just for this. So I literally had to do research, you know, like I was going to Home Depot, I was communicating with the workers there, I was Googling, I was talking to other trades to have them give me some advice, and I literally fixed it myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yeah, so like, yeah, I'm a Renaissance man, but these hands ain't too soft. And, you know, <laughs> I've so many stories that I could think of like that. And so for me, it's about problem solving. It's about having good customer service. It's about serving humanity. And that's my business, one of my business ethics, you know, as I approach my business endeavors.
2: Mm. You said a lot of things repeatedly that I love. Like, it's simple. It's not easy. And, and that is certainly the case. Um, like, there are strategies that are proven. They've been proven time and time again. Um, but, you know, people fail to have success sometimes because... They don't do them, right? They don't execute them properly. Um, And you mentioned the problem-solving thing multiple times now. And I just said, I think this is a really important thing to highlight. Like, the more problems you solve and the better you get at, at solving complex, high-level problems, um, the more value you're producing to the world, which equates to more pay. Absolutely. Um So, like... <laughs> Um, how did that evolution go to you? You mentioned frustration, right? You mentioned throwing some things sometimes. I've been known to throw a shoe every once in a while. Um, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, can we talk about the feelings and emotions when you were in the thick of it?
0: Yeah, you know, just seeing seeing the end go, seeing the the glory, the joy at the end. Like, I still remember the first time I I got my my uh, CO. So when you complete a construction. You, you um get the green tag for, for the final inspection. The final inspection means that the home is livable. You know, the city approves, but you still need to get the CO, which is the Certificate of Occupancy. I'm pretty sure y'all seen that at McDonald's or Burger King or wherever y'all decide to eat. You know, the Certificate of Occupancy, that, that means that the, the city has approved it, the fire marshal has approved it, and the utility company has approved it. And so for me, it was seeing that angle. And I remember the first time seeing the CEO and, and passing the final inspection, seeing that green tag, like I put it on my Snapchat because like I did a lot of stuff on Snapchat, you know. When that happened, you know, when my father texted me, like, I don't know if I still have that text message. I probably don't, I don't know. He said, good job, I'm proud of you. And like, I was like, whoa. <laughs> like, I wasn't looking for that. I was just trying to execute I plan to complete a construction so I can sell it as a realtor. So like, I wore those hats, you know, project manager. At that time and then I became the GC, like the city has my name on their public records forever. Like, you know, you can go to the city and see my name there. And so for me, like I said, just just knowing that there is that that end goal, that joy, that you completed something and for me it was pure joy because i'd never done it before i wasn't trying to do it i just got myself you know i was blessed you know i'm i I'm, I'm i'm humble about it like even even one of my old mentors at the time was like did you did you learn this in school i said no like like i just got into it so for me like like i mentioned getting that i'm proud of you good job really gave me that boost like I'm going to keep doing this. So I I finished the second home, and then I finished the third home, which which was on the corner lot. And I know you all probably thinking, John, we don't know what (laughs) the the, the geographics or the framework looks like, but that's how I'm seeing it. Like, I remember the four homes were all in the same area at at the edge of the the subdivision. But, yeah, I completed the first one, second one, third one, fourth one, and that vision came alive. Like, wow, I can do this, and I want to continue to do this. I want to build wealth and be an example and be an inspiration to people. You know, like maybe they don't do real estate, but maybe they do whatever they do in their industry and they strive. So for me, yeah. it's not so so it's it's not what I keep, but it's, but it's what I show and what I give that that I think people will will uh, be appreciative. And I think that's what it all comes down to. You know, not what you keep, but what you share and give. And for me, it's my experience and, and my
1: journey. Love this. They, there's a saying basically that like, there's no real estate agent that can't drive by the homes they've sold without telling their kids they sold that home, right? Probably <laughs> no builder that could drive by the homes they built without telling their kids they've built those homes. That type of stuff, right? Like there's a certain sense of pride and joy at, at, <laughs> I'm at embarrassed the accomplishment. <laughs> exactly dude i do it all the time like i was a b2b salesman before i was a realtor so my kids don't have any break right it's like here's the house here's a business i sold right that type of thing
2: so yeah, this is hilarious I'm, I let me mean, i don't mean to interrupt you but yeah like every house i've flipped i'm like yep flip that one flip that one flip that one did a bpo on that one did this one did... <laughs> it's like That's i can't mean. drive anywhere anymore without seeing a house i've done something to
1: <laughs> right exactly <laughs> So, so what I want to take this now is you, you've really built a good story here for us about the, the emotions and what happened. And I'm just like really enthralled in the story. So you're at this point of joy, you're at this point of excitement and pride in what you've built. Give us some concrete ideas of how did you leverage the, the emotions, the pride, the knowledge, and how did you parlay that into your journeys that have led you to today and the success you have now?
0: Yeah, so um, really, it's about continue to grow and, and mature and understanding that the world's changing. So for me, th- those emotions remind me that you have to keep plugging, you have to keep pushing. And even though the world is changing, you have to adjust and you have to remember where you came from and and what the main goal was like to say what's your why or or like some people say what's your must you know for me my why is to build wealth is to 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 build cash flow you know cuz that's what leverage is you know making sure that you have predictable income and you're able to focus on things that you really care about you know whether it's helping people even more tangibly you know I've I've done mission work I've I've traveled and you know, I've seen people that live in third world, third world countries. And I'm like, man, I want to be an influence, you know, not just in words and example, but but even philanthropy. And, you know, um, you know, I always have this prayer like, God, if you bless me, I'm gonna bless people more. And I just remember this one moment I had um, in 2017, you know, like I remember seeing all these kids and some of these kids were eating out of uh, garbage cans and in my mind I'm thinking how much money do they need and like it was a couple of thousand at that time and in my mind I was thinking you know what when I get there I'm gonna do that and by the grace of God I have help you know and you know like I'm not trying to turn this into a religious sermon. you know like I'm not trying to preach but I might as well right <laughs> Not I'm here but no but the, the point is for me I know that it's all part of the journey like I've mentioned and I want to continue to to be an example. I, I want to continue to, to make my life better so I can also help mm-hmm. others. Because like I said, whatever I keep, no one cares about. But whatever I'm able to share with the world, share with humanity is what will have me leave a mark on this earth. I'm not sure if I answered what? your question, but <laughs> that's the best way I can Go ahead. put it.
2: Yeah. Okay. No, that that's perfect, man. And this leads me right into it. So this is actually the, the, the thing that had me most excited on our pre-call because your passion is totally different when you're talking about business and when you're talking about helping people. Yeah. So let's get into helping people because you are a man that wants to build a legacy, right? And your legacy is, is not just being a great businessman, a renaissance man, but you want to pass on that knowledge. So let's talk yeah. about that a little bit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So for me when it comes to to being this renaissance man, this businessman, I understand that I have to indoctrinate at times. I have to teach, you know, um, and like you mentioned earlier, I believe it was off the call, you know, um, being being that jack of all trades, of course, that, that comes with a, a stigma sometimes because really, it's the end of it. You talk about master of none, but I, I believe that I have that gift to be a master of, of all my endeavors. All I have to do is drop my pride and put myself out there and know that I am a vessel. I'm a tool for humanity to to help humanity the best way I can. And for me, I've I've got into different industries, you know, um financial services, I've I've helped people with life insurance, annuities, I've I've helped people put their money away uh for so Uncle Sam doesn't touch it. You know, I've, I've, you know, sat down with people to talk about investment ideas. You know, people looked up to me sometimes, even people older than me sometimes. And it's really humbling, you know, uh, like, like one of the ladies that I brought into my, uh, my financial services side of the business, she, she's old enough to be my mother, you know. And so it's all the things that I've mentioned to you that are manifesting. And, you know, words are powerful, but, of course, you have to put in the work. And, you know, I just want to continue to share knowledge. Like, I feel the sky is so wide, right? Like, I can't drink all the rain, so I might as well share my knowledge and know that, you know, um, what makes me a success, in my humble opinion, is how many people around me are coming up in their lives, you know, bettering their lives, you know, financially, be it spiritually if need be, and just, you know, having a fulfilled life. And so... I, I teach people about how I was able to get into construction and what you need to do. You know, like one one uh, rule of thumb I tell people in, in building is if you buy a land free and clear, Like you have so much leverage. Lenders will give you money to to build, you know, especially when they're looking at the ARV, looking at the retail value of houses in that area. So things like that, I'm always trying to give nuggets to people, you know, educate people. Cause if I keep it to myself, then I'm just gonna be a fat knowledgeable person. But I believe when you help people, you know, you create that synergy of bringing business to yourself. And, you know, I don't mind sitting down with people and and giving them like they say the game <laughs> you know cuz if yeah. i give you the game and you don't execute that that game plan that's on you but of course i want to make sure that i'm encouraging other people to um take action
1: totally so i want to go deeper on this cuz there's a lot of people that never that never get to that place of service that you're at now which is 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 sad and then there's other people that i would say there's a the majority of people that we probably interact with they get to that level of service once they hit a certain level of success. Mm-hmm. Like they got a certain amount in their bank account or a certain amount of cash flow coming in. All of a sudden now, this opens up. What I want you to do, because this seems to be genuine from you, and this seems to have not just have started yesterday. This seems to be part of your fabric, part of your makeup. Absolutely. And I want to somewhat try and detail some of the, the, the problems that people have. A lot of people, I think, aren't more generous in their mind because they might get taken advantage of, so on and so forth. Can you detail why you make, can you essentially, can you make a pitch to us as to why should people be far more generous, far more service oriented early in life, even pre making it big?
0: Yeah, that's a very good question. You know, for me, it starts with having the mindset of abundance. The mindset of abundance is what you want to have. The mindset of abundance means you're able to give out that knowledge, knowing that it's like. The spiritual law of giving: the more you give, the more you're going to get back. You know, you're a fountain. As you're giving, you're receiving. As you're receiving, you're giving. So, when you just keep giving and not expecting to receive anything back, there's something wrong. If you keep receiving and not giving, there's something wrong. So, that's the foundation of things. And I think, like I've mentioned earlier, you're able to create that network. And when you create that network, like I said, you're networking you know builds your your net worth and so that's my encouragement to people that hey like don't don't hold things in but share with the world inspire others because that's what we're here for you know to to make a mark to be an example to to not just take 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 but give and so that's what I, that's what I would say you know and um know that you're not losing when you give you know <laughs> like if you are a businessman or businesswoman, if if you believe in your grit and your hard work and knowing that you have a mindset to help people, you're not worrying about restricting information. To me, it's like bringing people down. Like you're bringing people down. So you can be elevated by bringing people down, but you have to be an example. And you don't have to be this multimillionaire millionaire yet. You don't have to be this guru to, to uh start to believe that you can now sell shiny objects and projects like me i'm not about that i'm about the real you know this is what it is like i keep saying it's very simple but it's hard so if you want to do this then then be about it like i've i've invited people to do things and you know i believe there are things that people like to do and things people don't like to do things that people are good at people and people that have things that they're not good at you know and it's like you know the psychometrics of things and i've told people if you want to do this this is what you need to do and someone will say uh, I, don't, I don't feel like it i'm like well, that's it like me i don't like cold calling i really don't but i think i'm kind of good at it and i force myself to do it and i've I like i remember the first time i i had that 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 moment where i was like you know what i'm i'm going balls to the wall like i'm not gonna mm-hmm. be be uh uh, you know, laid back. And I remember I locked up two deals in one week, just simply calling, calling going on the, the county appraisal district, skip tracing. And at that moment, I realized that, wow, sometimes I got to do what I got to do. And I've hired cold callers too at times. I'm pretty sure you, you guys know people that have done oh, it. If, yeah. y'all, if y'all haven't done oh, it. Yeah. yeah so, so for me, it's about Knowing that you can do your best to help people, but it's still up to them. Like to say, you can take the, the horse to the, to the lake, but if they don't want to drink, that's on them and letting them know to look, listen, you got to do what you got to do sometimes. So you can get to where you want to be and, you know, surrender your pride. And I still deal with that today, you know, cause, you know, it's, it's not easy <laughs> to, to get yeah. beside yourself sometimes, but you got to do what you got to do. And for me, it's about knowing that I can. Lead people, you know, the best way I can, and, and show them the way, and then leave the rest to to the, their efforts.
1: So I wanna I wanna bring a question. And I wanna frame this. So essentially, you talk about the in the beginning of the story, you talk about the guy who wants his money. He's willing to bring his gun out to get his additional <laughs> money that he wants to get. <laughs> And then there's a guy mm-hmm. like you. I just can't see you doing something like that, right? I, oh, I see no. that you're it's a lover of people. <laughs> right, it's exactly. But there's, there's generally like, my brain likes to work in what I call these tensions, right? Like the tension between this idea and this idea. Mm-hmm. Old school, new school, these types of things. And so like when you think about it, generally think to be successful, you have to be a hard charging, yep. no nonsense, no BS kind of guy that you yep. know doesn't take crap from anybody, that type of thing. And along with that sort of personality comes with way less generosity, way less kindness, way less loving, right? And there's this view that if you're this loving, kind, generous, benevolent human being, that it puts you at significant disadvantage, right? Yeah. Can you, can you speak to that in the sense of, is it true or false? And in a sense, true or false, like has you being the type of person that's maybe softer spoken, definitely generous, has that hurt you or helped you? in business
0: i'll say both you know i'm not gonna act like everything's all peachy because it's not always peachy it's not always gonna be great times you will have some hard times there will be some people that will use you you know like i've i've had an investor i worked with and my god he was micromanaging everything like he 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 made me take a like it was so bad he made me take a less commission and the brokerage who I was working with, if you take a less commission, they charge you even more. So moments like that let me know that some people want to use it because they know that it will fit their their uh their desire. So I, I have had those moments where because I was I was kind, I was being, you know, <laughs> I won't say abused, but you know, I was taking advantage of just a little bit. But of course, I've had moments where I was literally just being who I am. Like the lady who I brought into the financial services business, she wasn't even my client. She was someone else's mm-hmm. client. But because I let her know, look, this is what I do. You know, this is my mindset. Like I invited her to my, well, yeah, yeah I did. You know, she, we needed a place to sit down said, come to my home. So she came to my home with her son and we sat down and we discussed, you know, business ideas. So I think if you stay true to yourself, the 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 good karma will come, you know. You know that whatever you sow, you will reap. So um, you can't control people's uh, desires and intentions. But the best you can do is be a better businessman, better businesswoman, and sharpen your craft and know how to protect yourself. So that's one thing I learned as an investor because I know, you know, realtors are called sharks, right? But investors are like the big, big sharks with the sharper teeth. And I've, I've learned to kind of be a hybrid and, and just kind of balance yeah. that. Like, I don't hate realtors, but I think some realtors are just stuck in their ways. Absolutely. I'm a realtor myself, but I've I've learned that you need to have a balance and you're right. It is hard sometimes to balance being stern but being nice at the same time. So for me, I just make sure that as an investor, my paperwork is solid. And as a realtor, you know, realtor's contracts and policies are kind of governed by themselves like you can't really mess up as a realtor as an investor there's a lot of you know maverick ways like you have to be more of a maverick sometimes and you have to learn how to negotiate and you still need to be a student of the market and you still need to have integrity like i understood as a a individual working in construction there are rules to the game like you don't go around people you know like just be honest like for me I believe in being 100% honest, giving value for value, making a win-win situation. And if it's none of those, then hey, (laughs) we keep it moving.
2: (laughs) Love everything you're saying here because I'm in total alignment with you. Always looking for win-wins. and uh, one of our other guests put it this way, like you, tr- you want to stack up good karma credits, right? Yeah. There's many good karma <laughs> credits that you can put out in the world. You will be amazed what comes back. So, I mean, I love your value-driven approach um, because I find um, a lot of the, the most successful people that we interview tend to be value-driven and they love, love, love to give value to everybody that they possibly can. And some of them are a little bit more selective with who they give value to, but the very best absolutely are value-driven um so i'm gonna dial this back a little bit because you used a word that you know the audience might take in a wrong way so i want to give you a chance to clarify because you did say you were indoctrinating people yeah which could oh, be a word yes. with negative connotation yeah, oh yeah, yeah so i would like you to clarify what you were talking about because i'm pretty sure you were talking about getting them to think yes. correctly yes um but i don't want it to be taken the wrong way so i want to give you a chance to talk about that
0: you know what tim Tim, you're a very smart guy, you're a wise guy, and I'm really glad you're able to, to, to really pick at that end. Yeah, you're, you're very right. That word could be a trigger word. When I say indoctrinate, my angle is this. You know, before you earn, you must learn. And while you're learning, you have to understand the, the angle of things, like the, the context of things. So speaking of context, my context of indoctrinating is teaching teaching them to understand why it's important to buy a home. Like one of my best friends, I told him, buy, buy, buy this house, buy this house. You know, before, like actually during the pandemic and he said, oh man, the price was too high. The price was too high. Two years later, the, 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 um, the, the appreciation of the property is like 50, 60 grand. And then now we're in this recession. Look, don't don't take my, uh, my, my, my uh, advice. You know, I'm not saying for sure that the bubble is going to pop anytime, but the point is people are not scared to buy. It. I'm like, dude, you should have bought what I told you, but you see, people don't have that vision. So what I try to do is give people that vision, give people a, a sense of a mission to, to go about things and understand why don't just do this. Don't just uh, buy real estate. Don't just get into real estate. Don't just, you know, do this policy, speaking of life insurance, or don't just do this annuity just because, because I should make money in business. But no, this is why, because there's a short-term way to look at things and there's a long-term way to look at things. And we need to have a long-term mindset. So I always try to give that that mindset. So if I were to use a different word, I would say um, teach people a certain mindset that they need to get into an opportunity that will bring them a good return. So like, I don't want to offend nobody, you know, like I'm not trying to give nobody any Kool-Aid, you know, say, I'm giving you water. (laughs) You can see what's in there.
1: (laughs) Awesome, man. And one of the things I want to say too, first of all, thanks for for clarifying. One of the things I've enjoyed most about being in the real estate game is just the ability to dive into situations and topics that generally are taboo. So in the world, we're taught, you don't talk about money. You don't talk about politics. You don't talk about (laughs) sex. You don't talk about all these things, right? Yeah. And as a real estate agent, investor, like it seems like we just break all those rules second one, right? Like we're talking to a potential person that we're going to buy their property. What do we talk about? We talk about their motivations. Where are you moving to? What do you want to go? They almost always open up to us about their politics and all those types of things. I actually am of the opinion that I I would love to see the world move in a direction where those things are not taboo. I would love to see a world where people can talk openly about their thoughts, openly about their beliefs. And there can be a sense of, you know, patience and calmness that we have with each other. You know, even if the person we disagree with just, hey, I'm going to respect the fact that this is where they're at right now. And even if it happens not to jive. So I appreciate you taking the time to share the foundations Because I think sometimes if we only study where are you at now and we don't take what's the thing that made you you in a a sense like that's like it's missing part of the picture. So, you know, I just appreciate you being open with us and being vulnerable with us. And it's the same thing that I really enjoy about being an agent and investor is the ability to really tap into who is the person. How did they get there? What's how did their foundational beliefs shape positively negatively shape? how they how they act today. So, you know, I just I'm uh, I'm super grateful for, for you being on here. Thank One thing you. I'm really, really excited to know is, and we asked this question on, on, on our episodes now is essentially if you had a billion dollars in the bank and you had a hundred lifetimes of cash flow, how would you structure your life? What would freedom look like for you? So repeat that again. If I had a yeah, billion yeah. So if you had a billion dollars in the bank uh-huh. and 100 lifetimes of cash flow coming in, right? So money is absolutely no yeah. object to you whatsoever. You get to worry money-free and you have unlimited resources at your disposal, essentially to help people. How would you go about structuring your life?
0: I'm glad you asked that question because that's a, that's a question I ask ladies that day. actually... <laughs> that's a very good question because it, it really gives an idea of the mindset of, somebody and so i i appreciate you asking me that question and i know that it's very important that we gain the trust of our clients our business potential partners so um yeah thank you for sharing that um so for me like i've mentioned philanthropy i've mentioned going to third world countries and learning that here in America, we got it made, we, we really do. And that's not to sound condescending or disrespectful. It's just the reality of the world we're living in. That's what traveling does for you. It gets you see, It gets you to see the world for what it is and you understand the global village that we're living in. So for me, I will focus on people that can't economically help themselves. You know, be, being in, in Central America, being in South America, being in Africa, being in any part of the world. So I will start there. Um, of course, um, that's what the question is really about. Like, if you were to just live life and not to care about money, for me, it will be what I can do for for my family, of course, to, to pass on that, that knowledge of wealth and also good principles in life, how to treat people, you know, because unfortunately money, or some will say the love of money is the root of all evil. And a lot of problems that we have in this world are unfortunately tied to money. So I will focus on how I can teach people to give, you know, giving doesn't mean you have it at all. It just means that you're giving people, you know, a part of you, your time, your energy. Like I've been saying that knowledge of wealth you may have or any knowledge you have for that matter. So that's what I would do. I will, Travel the world, you know, be an example, you know, and as I'm leading myself, you know, as as I'm graced, I I will lead others, too, to to be the better versions of themselves.
2: Love, love, love that answer. Always love when people always go to value and giving to the community. And, and obviously your heart is in the right place. So Matt said something earlier that piqued my interest. He said um, he would love it if we lived in a world where we could speak more openly about things. And I'm just gonna say, yeah. let's just make that world right now. Yeah. Um, so John, you're obviously a very spiritual person. I wish, I think if I had a weakness in my life, it would probably be in the spiritual realm right now. I'd say I'm spiritually neutral. Um, I would love to know, um, And feel free to decline to answer this question if you want to. We could edit it out. I'll answer Um, all the questions. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I would love to know how you have used um, the spiritual energy that you have in your life, because it it comes off in abundance. Like I could tell just by talking to you that it's there, like it radiates, right? Like how have you harnessed that energy and used it to propel your business would be my question. Wow.
0: That's a very loaded question. Um, I've come to understand that we are spirits first before we are human, right? And I've learned in business and even just financially, since we're talking about money, right? Financially, money is energy. And some people don't like to use the word spiritual because it might sound spooky, but let's use the word energy for the sake of me making pump going to make here. And this is off the cover. I, I don't have this. I had to say, but this is these are things that I've I've learned from my experience. Money is energy. How you live your life, how you manipulate, how you control, how you invest it will will um show what the the uh, fruit will come out to be, or the the repercussions, or the consequences. So for me, I just believe that when I'm talking talking to clients, talking to people that want to get into business or people that are already in business. I let them know that, look, you know what? Our lifestyle, the way we think, you know, is what's going to really help us, propel us to be at the next level. You know, like, you know, like there's a saying, as he or as she thinks, you know, like I don't want to sound sexist. (laughs) As he or she thinks, so is he, so is she. So if you think you can do it, You'll be able to have a chance to do it. If you think you can't do it, like, you can't bank on on winning the lottery, you know, on on, on accident. I mean, it could happen, but some things in life you're going to have to, you know, put your energy into. So money is energy, you know. And so if you want to study someone's life, go look at their bank account. We're going to talk about it, right? So, like, I, I have to judge myself like, man... Maybe I shouldn't go out so much, or maybe I shouldn't hang out so much, or because you see your association—that's that's spiritual. That is because you know, like I say, you're the average of, of the five people you hang around. Or, or show me your friends, show me your friends, and I'll show you who you are. That's spiritual because if you hang around people that are doing well, it'll, it'll rub off on you. And to me, that's spiritual. So I had to learn, and I'm still learning today. That okay, you know what? I'm for everybody, but I'm not for everybody. (laughs) You know, I'm Mm -hmm. keeping it simple. I love everybody. I love people, but I have to be able to protect my energy, protect my spirit, protect my my eye gate, because that's the spiritual realm, you know? So for me, you know, I'm just learning that, that, you know, if you want to have a better life, you have to be wealthy up here, you know, knowledge you need to feed this right, you know, spiritually right. And, like, you need to work on your reputation. You need to work on your health. You know, um, to me, these are all tied to spiritual things because they're the things that you don't see. Like, like you don't see what's in my head right now. That's spiritual. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I know I might sound spooky to some people, but that's just what it is, you know? Like, as you think, so you are. And so for me, I I'm, I know that I needed to change some things about my life intangibly the way I was thinking. So I can be able to, to be an example, you know, and to continue to grow as this businessman and to continue to grow as this Renaissance man. And as, as this leader, you know, I'm, I'm still not where I want to be, but where I am now, I'm going to do my best and I want to lead, you know, and, and show people that look, you know,
2: the good guys can win too. I love that. I love that. That what a fantastic response. I, I appreciate your candor and I, I appreciate you. It was a fantastic a question. You, know like, yeah. to, <laughs> you know like I have to give no, you I mean i put you an answer. Spot there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So so no worries, brother. I appreciate that response. Um so what what what's your plan? Like give me an idea what your vision is for the next 12 months moving forward. What are you what are you guys trying to build over there?
0: Yes. So so people see me as this construction guy and I told them, "Look, um I haven't uh, finished finished the project in almost a year because I've, I finished some townhomes in which I was more or less of a superintendent. I was not the or the project manager. I wasn't calling the city. I was actually the realtor. And so, yeah, Um, I'm still a, a man of many talents, as some people will say, you know you know i haven't taken the time to go down the list but i am a realtor you know i am a real estate investor i have done wholesale i have been a general contractor project manager superintendent you know i am a life insurance agent <laughs> I've, and 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 just quickly on the side you know i've 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 been a dental assistant you know i've i've worked in the county jails i've i've done so many different things and you know right now right now I'm in a place where I don't want to be a one-stop shop, but wherever I'm able to help people, I'm going to do that. Like right now I'm, I'm focusing on helping people, you know, have infinite banking, like some people say, or protecting their money or having their money grow, you know, grow their cash value. So, and that's one thing that I'm focused on right now. I'm still focusing, focusing on being the best realtor I can be. And as an investor, you know, that that's been what's been more on the back burner. You know, I'm, I'm still working with investors and I understand that the market is shaking. You know, some people say the bubble is going to burst anytime soon. I just believe in aligning myself to serve humanity. And when you do that, good things will come. So for the next 12 months, it's going to be helping people uh in the, in the financial services industry. It's going to be helping people in the real estate industry and in real estate it's going to be, um, development, you know, um, my partners are, are working on apartments and they're working on building more homes. And so I'm looking forward to getting back into construction, hopefully not working so much in but on, if, if you catch my drift, you know, not having to always be in the thick of things, but also manage things and leverage my time. So that's, that's pretty much what, what I have going on, you know, in the nearby and long-term future.
2: All right, John, what a fantastic answer. I am so excited to see where your journey takes you. Your passion for helping other people is clear. Um, and, and you know, I mean, it's it's compounding too, because as you do more and more, you're helping more and more people. Yeah. So I'm, I'm pumped to see where your life takes you. Um, John, Evwoen, dude. Yes, you got part. it. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much for giving us a glimpse, man, into your life and into your business. And to those of you that are out there chasing freedom, Freedom is aqua- accomplished one action at a time, so please commit to taking at least one action and do so within the next seven days. Tell somebody no to hold you accountable. And before you know it, you too will be living a life of freedom. Thank you for listening, and we'll catch you on the next one.